It may be the weekend, but there are no days off for the Zone Sports Network. You're listening to the Saturday Show with Adrian Leiser and Jake Hatch. Can't wait! Can't 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 wait! It's all weekend, baby. On 97.5, 1280, the Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Welcome into the Saturday show. This is the Zone Sports Network. I'm Jay Catch. Thanks again for joining us on the Saturday show. Adrian Leiser, my co-host, will be along shortly here. We are on from 1 to 4 p.m. Saturday afternoons, talking all things sports here along the Wasatch Front. And thanks again for joining us. And P.S., the weather here along the Wasatch Front today is absolutely incredible. Uh, earlier this week, obviously, ton of snow. The Monday morning commute was awful, and I can speak directly to that because I commute normally in the very early morning hours down here to downtown Salt Lake and Vivint Smart Home Arena for DJ and PK in the morning. And to have what we saw Monday as compared to just six days later now on a Saturday where it's 50-plus degrees outside, I was walking around in short sleeves, it is awesome Awesome weather up and down the Wasatch Front. And thanks again for joining us right here on the Zone Sports Network. Got football on our TVs here at the at the arena. We have the XFL. It is a new football league, the reiteration of Vince McMahon's football league that he launched, uh, what, 19 years ago now. Uh, they've relaunched today. And we're about to find out if another football league is either going to go the way of the earth or it's actually going to succeed this time. Currently, the D.C. Defenders leading the Seattle Dragons 9-6. to If you're wondering where you can watch that, it's on ABC. So it's on big ABC. That's the fun part about it. Eric, I know you're a football fan. Eric, Jen, Eric is uh, running our board today. Eric, I know you're a big football fan. I know you're an NFL guy, but are you excited for the XFL? Um. A little bit. I, okay. I, I was not as excited as some people, but I mean, watching this game as Cardell Jones gets destroyed, um, I I think it's watchable. Like okay. I, I was really worried that it was not going to be watchable, which perhaps is naive because I mean, even the AAF was like watchable. It was yeah. like good quality football. Uh, but you made the point before the show that it's going to be about sustainability. Correct. And, I mean, if Vince McMahon wants to stick with it, I'm certainly not going to watch it every week, but throw it on here and there. I like I like football, but for me, we talked about this a second last week. In mm-hmm. here, I just switched the TV to college basketball. So well, there's a, when, there's when a, February yeah. starts, uh, I get kind of sucked into college basketball. I get it. And there's actually a really cool scene going on in college basketball right now. Right. Bob Knight mm-hmm. is back at Assembly Hall. Yeah. And if you don't want to assembly, Bob Knight is the former legendary head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers. He has not been back to Assembly Hall, their home arena, it's pretty cool. in almost two decades. And he's now on the court out there in Bloomington. So yeah. that's it's awesome homecoming. I get that in that regard. Because February, a lot of time, yeah, we, we switch our attention. March Madness is on the horizon. We're all kind of getting ready for basketball. The NBA obviously is rolling right now. NBA right. All-Star Weekend coming up. So I get your thought on it. I am a sucker for football. Yeah, me too. I'll, and I, and I'll watch it. I just don't know if I'll be like a diehard okay. fan that knows everything about the XFL. Like, I, I, and I I don't think I think most people are going to be more like you. They'll check in on it from time to time. If there's a game on on a Saturday or Sunday where they got some downtime, they may tune in. I don't think there's going to be guys that are going to be watching all four games every weekend and just digging into it. Currently, I think it could become that because. 
if you're looking at a guy like Vince McMahon, he's going to have to burn some money for the next few years to really build this into a sustainable product. And we'll see if he's willing to do that. It's going to be an interesting case study, like it always is with an alternative football league. Yeah, I just it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I don't like the idea, call me old-fashioned, but uh-huh. I don't like the idea of completely eliminating the kicker almost from the game of football. I, I'm not I'm not a fan of that, but from watching the game, I really do hope that the NFL – adopt some stuff like I think it would be cool to have a live mic coach during timeouts <laughs> although I could I was thinking during that I was like I could totally see Bill Belichick just having someone in the press box watching that with the sound on yeah, and like very quickly just figuring out what the other team would do so I don't ever see that happening in yeah. the NFL um, but two I, I really like the kickoff rules like it, it looked like there were some returns. Like put McCall Hardman like with those kickoff Correct. rules and like you can't watch kickoffs like become relevant again. Well, let's explain real quick on that kickoff rule. Right. So what it is is they move the kickoff back to the thirty-five yard line. The NFL currently has it at the forty-yard line, but also all players who are involved in the play outside the returner no head start cannot have a head start. There's no blocking until the returner catches the ball. Mm-hmm. It's all in an effort actually to boost return numbers, but also protect player safety. I'm convinced already watching it go that the NFL is going to adopt some iteration yeah, of Yeah, I think at the owners' meeting, yeah. like in, in a few months here, there yeah. is going to be a, a change with the kickoff rules, especially with the onside kickoff rules. I think that's Correct. something that will definitely change this offseason just because it's impossible to recover an onside yeah. kick with the current iterations <laughs> of the it's, rules. It is true. So XFL on our TVs. We'll talk a little bit more about this as the day goes on. Of course, uh, double headers both Saturdays and Sundays over the next 10 weeks for the eight teams in the XFL. A number of local products, guys who have played at local schools, are playing in the XFL. We'll dig into that a little bit later, but we're going to get today started. We're going to talk about the Utah Jazz. They snap a five-game losing streak last night with a win over the Portland Trailblazers. And I just say it has maybe just a little bit of controversy to it. We need to dig into that a little bit. Uh, Eric, when you're ready, let's. Okay, Eric's going to get some highlights for us here in a minute. But I wanted to start things off saying, hey, sometimes bad calls are made. There, are, There's no doubt about that. Adrian Lizer walking in right now. He was working on the Jazz game last night. And Adrian, is there a, is there a little bit of controversy from last night? Oh, I would say. <laughs> Yes. Sorry, part of my tardiness. It's okay. Hey, hey, you're coaching volleyball. We get yep. it. But you were watching on you – you were working this game. You yes. produced jazz games, obviously. Uh, we'll get to the highlights here in just a second. We need to dig into that. But what were, what was kind of the initial reaction for you guys here at the arena as this was all going down? Well, the initial reaction, because uh, I was watching it while hearing the call uh-huh. – because I have like a monitor in here, Correct. and I, I sync it up to David's call so I can kind of see what's happening at the same time. And David's call, he does a great call where he says, oh, Gobert did it again, which is kind of the same move that he got beat with that DeLon Wright Correct. play against mm-hmm. the Mavericks, and then he recovered and made a play on it. Yes. And then I've seen Damian Lillard and the rest of the Blazers, <laughs> they are flipping out. Lose their minds, yes. And I thought... Man, that must have been really close for them to be that adamant about it. Yeah. And uh, there was, you know, Jake Scott, David James, mm-hmm. um, Tori, our, uh, our broadcast assistant for the night. We're all kind of in here watching. And then they showed the replay on ESPN, and we all just looked at each other like, 
Oh my! Well, how did you miss it? Oh my goodness! I, like, it's not even not yeah. even close. Yeah, but I don't know how those officials missed that call. So, and it, the aftermath yeah. for yes. that you know, there was there was a lot to get into. But them to say on the floor, they said it wasn't even close, and then after they're like, <laughs> like regrettably, we were wrong, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, and there's a lot to unpack from the game itself, but that that's about as wild a finish. And I, you know. Um, it's easy to say, oh, it, this happens to everyone mm-hmm. because, you know, that's the argument is bad officiating happens to every team, which is true. No one's immune to bad officiating. Uh, but that that's that's so egregiously bad that I was uh, it had me stunned just because it's bad doesn't make it excusable. Right. And yeah. it, it happens. You know, Donovan said in the postgame, well, they miss they I, they've missed fouls on me at the end of games. It's like, well, yeah, but. Um, that one in particular. This one, you know, it's it's a play that probably should be reviewable, but because of the way the rule is, unless it's called goaltending, they, yeah. they can't. There could be a last two-minute thing if you want, but it, it was wild. It was a wild finish. All right, well, let's start unpacking it. Let's get to the highlights. Eric, if you please. Here's Dayton. Step back three over O'Neal's good. Oh my goodness, right. You know, the just, crowd just has their hands on their head. They're just shaking their head. They're just moving it on. Jazz on a 9-3 run as Donovan prowls the right side of the floor. Brings the left hand dribble to the three-point line. Sets his feet, fires the three and hits. Jazz within four, 79-75. Working their way back. Here comes Donovan. Got 12 on the night. Calls for a double stagger himself. Works a right hand dribble on McCollum. Big steps in the lane, double clutch, and scores it. Jazz come out with a lineup that started during their winning streak as Ingles pass to Gobert gets knocked away. Ingles taps it back to Gobert, dunks. The pass got deflected. Joe then just volleyballed it to Gobert, dunked it. Ingles works to the left side, makes the pass, goes to the basket, finishes it with a big time left hand spin pump. Joe Ingles put the little fake back in his repertoire and finished at the rim. Loose ball rebound out. Lillard flies over Gobert to tap it away, and he gets it. Here's Lillard left side. He pulls for three, wanted a foul call, but he didn't get the foul, but he got the bucket. We're tied at 112. Dave's got 40. He taps the wrist because it's game time. Shot clock is at 14, game clock is at 30. Bogdanovich. Has Carmelo on it. Hands it over to Donovan. Five seconds on the clock. Donovan drives to the rim. Layup done. Donovan Mitchell. 19 seconds to play. 19 seconds left. Lillard goes all the way to the backboard to get it. Ingles meets him at the half court. A pick waiting for Lillard. He splits it. He drives to the rack. Layup blocked by Gobert. Loose ball rebound Ingles. Rudy Gobert's done it again. And Damian Lillard wants him to. I don't think they can review that. There you go. Thank you, Eric, for putting those together. And I get in the in the moment you thought it was a block, but watching the replay of that, I don't know how those officials missed that call. Yeah, the the game, the whole story of the game becomes that moment. Yeah, it does. And um, and we'll get into how important or what the you know what the jazz get out of this win in a second but the the game becomes uh that that mm-hmm. exact moment and the aftermath following the Damian Lillard 
uh, be having to be with uh, restrained <laughs> from the officials. Yeah. Um, obviously, I don't think anything violent was going to happen. I think he just wanted to have a up close and personal word with the officials. And um, for a guy in the NBA who's not known for that kind of thing, uh, it was very interesting to see him react that way. But um, if we're just talking about the mm-hmm. call, Jake, horrible misstep by the officials in a league that is struggling with officiating, as all leagues are. Yeah. Um, and it's just another... The, the sports are becoming harder and harder to officiate. Correct. Um, even my like my thought process for a fix for the NBA wouldn't have even fixed this one. That was just because I think there should be five officials, whereas two stay on each half, and then there's just a roving official from three-point to three-point line. That's kind of my opinion on it, so that they don't have to run downhill I can see for that. 48 minutes. What about Sky Judge for the NBA? Like someone who is like – a. In the replay, in like a specific replay booth near the press box, who can, in those final two minute situations, right. see the TV broadcast and review it. Yeah, and that I mean that that something too, and and really though, it comes down to what's reviewable and what's not Correct. in the final two minutes or in the game in general, and yep. what's challengeable. And in this case, that's not uh, not something that that is, and it probably should be because that's not necessarily a, a judgment call. That's a rule call. Yeah. So let's acknowledge one thing, I guess two things here, Adrian. The Jazz got a gift. Can we acknowledge that? Yeah. But I also the take— The game wasn't over either, so I, yeah. I, I take issue with Dame Lillard after the game barking at the officials, which he's probably going to get a fine for, let's be honest about what he said. But he says that they stole a game from us. Stole what game? Well, they certainly handed them a loss before it should have. That's yes. where he is correct, is it should not have ended that way. Now yeah. to say they stole it from him, not to your point, not necessarily because the game wasn't over. There would have still been what eight seconds left on the clock, Nine. minimum yeah. of overtime. Yeah, who knows what happens then? But to their point, is they shouldn't have probably lost that way. I, and they did get another shot, but still, it was there's. It was, it was a great look for uh, Caleb Swanigan. Well, yeah, for Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, I get that Caleb's not the guy you want to shoot that, right. but he had a, he almost made that shot. He did. Yeah, and I was impressed that he. Came as close as he did because we were talking about Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, he's yeah. not known as a three-point shooter. He's a big man who plays in the middle. Yep. But I will give all the credit in the world to what Portland was able to do because they they battled. They were down to seven guys and really six because they didn't weren't going to play their seventh guy if they didn't have to. Yeah, the late scratch from Whiteside, right? Yes, late scratch from Whiteside. Then Anthony Simons gets injured, hits his head on the court, which is a scary situation in its yeah. own right. And I couldn't. I it was not intentional by Royce O'Neal. Oh, you. But I don't tell Portland. But Trailblazer fans that I <laughs> I will I will say there maybe should have been a look at that. Just because I, yeah. that is a rule in the it is a rule they you need to be able to land. Yeah. You can't undercut someone. Correct. I don't. I know because Royce wasn't looking at the play at Simons, mm-hmm. and so I think. And I saw a beat reporter from Portland talking about how that may have led to what happened with what you were going to go with next in Trevor Ariza losing his mind seemingly for no reason. And I think it was all kind of a connected thing. And the Blazers were grumpy. Yes. That entire game. Did Ariza? Touched the official that got him the second tech. I never, no. could, I could never could tell if he got the second one for actually contact. I don't think it was contact. Okay. I think it was just he said the magic constant. Word. Got him more on. It got the first tech, and he decided I'm still going. I'm get. I'm okay. He got himself run in that regard. So yes, I have to say, watch because I rewatched the game again this morning. I, I wanted to rewatch it, kind of get a feel of my initial thoughts watching the game live, and then rewatching. I rewatched it this morning, and I came away, Adrian. 
I thought it was a poorly officiated game the entire way through. Horrible. It was just, and the the egregious no call on that goaltending only capped what I thought has been just been an awful week for NBA officials. And I'm not usually go after official no, guy, but, but that was that you can look at that. It's been a bad week for NBA yeah. officials because uh, who, who's the Charlotte coach uh, got run for calling a timeout with 4.4 seconds. Officials don't even see it. They they let the game. He just goes irate and gets himself tossed. It's been a bad week for NBA officiating, and I don't want to make this all about the officials. Because the Jazz, they needed a win, and they got a win. That snaps a five-game losing streak, and they needed a win in the worst way possible. You and I both, I think, agree in that regard. They needed a win. But I look at this, and... <laughs> it wasn't... I mean, it's a win. Yeah. And I, I've been seeing a lot... And Jazz Twitter seems pretty split on this. Yes, there are some that the are... The fans are happy that you get a win no matter what. Yeah. And some are like, well, what did we... Well, the Jazz didn't play well, I thought, overall in this right. game. Right, and I thought the Blazers... If they had a full complement of players, mm-hmm. uh, may have been able to come in and get that win last night because they played tough, and I don't know how they had anything left uh, for that fourth. Well, quarter. they start they started running out of gas. You yeah. saw it late in that third quarter. The Jazz and they started. Just, you could see the heavy legs starting to set in for the for the for the, for the Blazers. I will give credit. Damian Lillard is doing things right now that nobody has ever done in the NBA, just in terms of the run he's having of form right now. And I'm very impressed with what he was able to do. And I felt like Damian Lillard is the reason why the Blazers were even in this game down the stretch. Because he was hitting big shot after big shot. And you could tell he was laboring a little bit here. I'm with you, Adrian. I think if the Blazers might have had a full complement, have a full rotation of guys, it might have been a different game. But the Jazz got gifted one. I will yeah. freely admit that because it was a rough ending to it, a rough, roughly officiated game. But the Jazz needed that win. They got the win. Now they move on. They get ready for tomorrow, which is going to be an interesting matchup because the Rockets under Mike D'Antoni have bought in wholeheartedly to small ball. Well, and the Rockets are kind of uh, the team that started this whole mess for the Jazz. Yes, they the, did. They are the the word of how to attack and defend. Um, both sides of the ball against the Jazz had started from the D'Antoni thing. Correct. And we even saw last night that there had Quinn Snyder went with a kind of a counter to it a little bit by throwing Juwan Morgan in yeah, there. Yeah, Juwan and, Morgan came into the game. And so it's going to be really interesting. The, the Rockets, the jury, is so far out on this because they looked like they had made the smartest decision on the planet when they went in and beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. And then the next night they just get pummeled by the Suns last night. And so, who knows? But this is this is where it kind of started, and uh, we all know the Rockets came in, got fifty out of Eric Gordon, and that was all she wrote on that night. Correct. And uh, it's interesting, Jake, because the Jazz have not they have not looked right, even in the win last night. And you take the win, you put it in the win column, and I think all the all the cliches kind of fit here you take it and you move on no matter how you know you didn't you didn't paint a a monet Mm -hmm. you know you painted a a picasso but you got you still sold it for 50 million dollars all those things painted a watercolor yeah all all those (laughs) or as uh david james put it last night your kids finger painting yeah that's all you got and you still got the victory sure yeah but are all those underlying things gone no jury's out on that because could could a win like this galvanize a team to kind of get back on track? Sure. Donovan Mitchell had a lot of – he showed a lot of effort last night. He, a lot mm-hmm. of, he didn't have the best scoring game, but he really was willing the team along, it seemed like. Um, 
He fought his way through a lot last night. Yeah, and it, you know, it's just, you know, he even talked a little trash, got himself a double technical. <laughs> Gary uh, Trent Jr. Post game, post game was talking trash on Gary Trent Jr., who responded on Twitter in a funny well, way. Well, so did Dame. Like, yeah. So, and I didn't really get that, but you know what? Whatever you have to do to motivate, and that's what we talk about with sports. Whatever you have to do to motivate, if it's some guy who, mm-hmm. even though you're only in your third year, and you go, this second year guy can't come in here and talk trash. If that motivates you. Great, go yeah. for it because you need to find something to change the way things have been going. And we saw a lot last night of the things that have been hurting the Jazz effort, things like that. Um, still hurt them last night. They kind of fixed it as the game went along, and they played really hard. And it helped that Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum couldn't McCollum couldn't hit a bucket in the second half. Heavy legs, man. Could it, that didn't hurt? Yeah. They find a way to win. Hopefully, it galvanizes you to go forward because. They need. There's a lot that they need to fix, and hopefully it's not just a goaltend that gets you a victory. Well, and I, coming so, out tomorrow is a big test. Correct. I, and I was listening to so David Locke locked on Jazz as his postcast with Ron Boone. The buzzword they had about the Jazz right now, Adrian, is they're still lacking in the toughness department. And I know yeah. that. And I know that Donovan Mitchell talked about we had toughness last night. I thought you saw spurts of it, but by and yeah. large, I still think the toughness factor for the Jazz right now is lacking. And they tomorrow it will be a gut check time because. What Houston, you're right. Houston did expose the Jazz and really showed the blueprint of how to attack them. That's a credit to Mike D'Antoni and his staff for finding that. And with the trade deadline this week, it looks like Houston has just gone all in on this idea of we're going to play small. We are not going to play with guys taller than six foot seven, which is what Robert Covington comes in at their most recent trade acquisition. So Tomorrow will be interesting, but you're right. There are underlying concerns for the Jazz that are not gone despite that win last night. Yeah. But in the worst way, the Jazz just needed a win. They got gifted sure. it. You take it, you move on. You take it, and it helps in the standings. And, you know, hopefully you respond in a way that exactly makes it kind of worth it. That's what I. I mean, a win's always worth it, but hopefully you respond in a way where it's well, like, yeah, okay. You don't, you don't want to go out and get blown out tomorrow. Right. Because I think that would just show more to Portland fans, the NBA fans at large, that, yeah, you guys were gifted a win on Friday night, and this is more of what you guys actually are. Tomorrow is going to be a tough matchup. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, because we need to talk a little bit. We'll break into this probably in the next segment about what Houston and the trade deadline did for them and also the trade deadline as a whole for the league. The Jazz stood pat, and tomorrow I'm interested to see what Quinn Snyder's got for his lineup when it comes to a team like Houston that is playing with guys, like I said, nobody taller than six foot seven in their rotation. Right, and we'll get into it. And that's a Houston team that knows that they've got the Jazz number. Yeah, well, they. Yeah, you're right. They. they not, not only because of what happened a yeah. couple weeks, like a week ago, but, but because they've done of it two seasons in a row in the playoffs, time and time again. Yeah. yeah. So and so that's uh, that. That'll be something certainly interesting to watch. Um, and we'll get into that, Jake, like we were talking about. But yeah. just to put a bow on last night, uh, you know, I. I do take a small bit of issue with people being so, personally, giving so much guff to the Blazers players for being upset about that. <laughs> because, yes, you can argue that it happens to everybody, but they, they got hosed a little bit. They and did. as professional athletes, you just want the, the referee to be done correctly. And I think we all do because that's what, you know, that's what. That's what we do half the time is talk about how a, how the refereeing changes the course of a game. It happens so much, and um, and unfortunately, it's part of the the it's part of sports because it's 
not really going to be feasible to do yeah. other than baseball to do things like robotic referee. Correct. It's just not going to work in a game like football or basketball. You don't want to lose the human element. Right. It, it works in baseball with the strike zone because that's that's a set thing. Well, I, but I even quibble even, with that. Yeah, and even that's yeah. going to be we're going to take some use. It's going to take some getting used to. So yeah. I I think the the both sides can take it, and the Blazers have every right to be upset, and the Jazz have every right to be like. After the game, they all said it was goaltending, but they're saying, you know what? Even Rudy said, referees are human, and we got the win tonight off of that. And yeah. the Jazz, they will take the win, and they'll be happy with it. And like you and I said, hopefully it springboards them into another streak. Correct. But I, I believe the Blazers have every right to be upset about well, it. Well, and I, I agree with you. Like, I've had, so I, I tweeted out this morning my thoughts kind of on the game, so we talk more about it on the show today. Yeah. And I've had Portland fans, don't be that guy. What guy am I being? I acknowledge the right. fact that you guys got a horrendous no call right. in that regard, but also you gave up a sixteen point lead. Sure, yeah. <laughs> so right, the Jazz that, and all that can't be ignored. The yeah. fact that they fought back, the fact that they, you know, they gave up seventy two points in the first half and twenty seven points to Damian Lillard Correct. and held him to. I mean, he almost won the game by himself. Yes, he did. But. You know, held him to and McCollum to one of eight shooting in the third quarter, things like that. You can't take away the things the Jazz did well, mm-hmm. but of course, the story becomes the, the final the, seconds, and that's what that normally turns into. If there's something like that happens, everything that helped, everything else that happened in forty-seven minutes right. and fifty-one seconds right. goes out the window. Yep. Uh, Eric, I, you had a note for us. Note. Yeah, I just as someone who follows has started following the Jazz closer this year, it. And just the NBA in general, mm-hmm. it feels like so much of the NBA is momentum swings. But you almost, if you are a Jazz fan, there has to be a part of you with this win that is just like, oh no. Because if you believe in like karma or bad juju, like <laughs> this, okay, like, I see what you're saying. Like, if you, from a fan perspective, uh-huh. like, once they get. If, God forbid, something like this were to ever happen in the playoff, no one is going to have sympathy for the Utah Jazz because no. they're going to say, yeah, oh, right. true. Look, and but, look, at, and that's, look at this. That's just the NBA, and Correct. I promise you the Jazz will be hosed by a call sometime and, the rest of the season, and they will be on the other side again. And the roles will be flipped. Yep. Yeah. It will happen. And they will get another late yes. late call that will be questionable to <laughs> be in their benefit. And so the – I, I understand the argument that it goes both ways because yeah. it totally does because it's so inconsistent. But unfortunate. I mean, if Woj is tweeting about it, yes, because it was on a national broadcast. Yeah, it was the ESPN game last. Then night. Uh, there's trouble. Yeah. So the NBA, their ratings have struggled. We need to get to a break here. I know, but yeah. the NBA rate, the ratings have struggled. And the funny thing about stuff like last night, guess what? More eyeballs all of a sudden are on the NBA right. and the Jazz in particular. Yep. So it's a double-edged sword. Yep. It benefits both sides, I feel like, in many ways. But also, I think biggest thing, the Jazz, they needed to win in a bad way, and they got gifted it, and now you just move on. Because I think you're right. You need to take this take this move forward and prove that it was, okay, we're not just what you right. thought we are. Yeah. Don't, don't let your only win going down to the All-Star break <laughs> yeah. be a gift. Exactly. Right. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this Portland game. Need to discuss the XFL. We talked a little bit about the start. I want to get Adrian's thought on this upstart football league. Need to talk some college basketball as well, so there's a lot to get to on today's show. It's all coming up next here on the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network.
Making a quick trip to the home improvement store. We've got your back. It's gonna be May. This is the Saturday Show with Adrian Lizer and Jake Hatch on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to Saturday Show here on The Zone Sports Network. Adrian Lizer here with Jake Hatch and Eric Behind the Glass. Follow me on Twitter at EP Lizer. You can follow Jake at Jacob C. Hatch. And don't miss any of his podcasts, but most notably, Locked on Cougars every single day. Absolutely. Monday through Friday. Yep. Or do you do a weekend show? Uh, with these with basketball games, I've been doing some some postcast editions. Not every weekend, but we do a fair amount of them. Yeah. So. so, yeah, make sure you check that out, BYU sports fans. He doesn't only do football and basketball, but mostly that. But uh, you, you spread out a little okay. bit. We got some reaction here. So Clint Peterson is a longtime listener of the show. He has a good point here. So let me read this real quick. And I think okay. he's got a great point here. Officials are human. They make mistakes. Every team gets jobbed sometimes. At this point, you take the W. There's no way to say, quote, Portland would have won, unquote. I think that's a great take on it. You just move forward right. now through the Jazz. I, I, I don't think there's any definitive way to say Portland would have won. Correct. There's also no definitive way to say they would have lost. Yeah. So. But I agree with you, Clint, otherwise. Yeah. Like, like, just that argument to the side of it is like, well, they have a gripe because the game would have been tied. Yeah. And who knows what happens. I think the Jazz win that game in overtime because putting another five minutes on Carmelo Anthony's tired legs. Well, I think the entire team outside of Dame was done. And that's why they shot a three, or they should have shot a three at the end, and then Dame yeah. drove it, but whatever. I, but I'm with you, Clint, yeah. in the fact that everyone does get it. Everyone, everyone does. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the NBA trade de- trade deadline here, Adrian. Uh, so trade deadline came and went on Thursday, and this was the trade deadline that was supposed to be quiet this year because a lot of people, quote-unquote, don't have any money coming up this offseason, and we saw a bunch of deals go down. Well, I think a lot of it, too, is I think people are starting to realize that there's going to be a lot of money for players that may not be necessarily worth it yes. outside of the top tier. And there's you that, know what that, I'm saying? And so, that top tier is very shaky at right, best. Yeah, and, like. and so they're other than you know Giannis and Anthony Davis could be on the mood. But, Correct. But yeah, so just fireworks after fireworks. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but some yeah. a 12 team trade. A guy's been sitting out and he gets traded, and well, it's pretty wild. Let's start with the four team trade. Obviously, it's the biggest trade in almost 20 years. The biggest trade before this was the deal that sent Patrick Ewing to what was then the Seattle SuperSonics back in 2000. But Clint Capella was kind of the trademark piece in this deal. It was a four-team trade that saw the Houston Rockets send Clint Capella to the Atlanta Hawks. You also saw Robert Covington from the Minnesota Timberwolves go to Houston. Uh, Denver got uh, – what did Denver get out of this? Denver got uh, – Malik Beasley and no, they sent oh, Malik Beasley. Sent Malik Beasley and Juan Hernan Gomez out. Crazy trade, but the big two key parts were here: Robert Covington going from Minnesota to Houston, and obviously Clint Capella moving on from Houston to Atlanta. Which means now Houston has bought in wholeheartedly to small ball. Yeah, I am interested to see how this works for Houston this year. And uh, you know, it worked. Part of it, I don't know if we're going to be able to tell too, Jake, because. You know, it worked so well against the Lakers, obviously. Yeah. And maybe because it was new. And it has worked against the Jazz. Correct. We watched it without mm-hmm. James Harden and Russell yes. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can you can say all you want about how, oh, well, they planned for those guys. Well, they're good, too. So if they're in the game, it might work. <laughs> yeah. Then they go into Phoenix, but, you know, Westbrook doesn't play on the second night of back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. And so who knows what it – but you wouldn't expect them to really get pummeled like that in Phoenix. Is their worst loss since, what, the 90s? 
I think, yeah. in and the so franchise history. What will it be? It'll be interesting to see the rest of the way. Personally, if it works, like more power to you because you know, just kind of they already the Rockets already are, they turn the NBA on its head in general because yeah. of the way that they play, and they have let one guy whose usage is off the charts because he might be the best offensive player to well, ever do it. They're the ultimate three ball or at the rim team right. already. Slash one guy does everything. Yes, and then his his teammate might get forty like he did against the Lakers, <laughs> yeah. and then um, you know you've got a guy in PJ Tucker and Eric Gordon. These are good players. So Jake, my long winded answer is I don't know if it's going to work. Well, we're about to find out. But this we'll week. see it up close and personal tomorrow. Yeah, they've got 30 games here yeah. before the playoffs. And it's going to be a very large sample size on the – and it's it's a bold move by Houston. There's no doubt about it. Because Robert Covington coming over from Minnesota, he's six foot seven, and he might be the tallest guy in the Rockets' lineups the rest of the season, which will – I am fascinated. I don't know why I'm so fascinated about this, Adrian, but I am fascinated to see how the Rockets go about defending people, rebounding, and just playing in general. Yeah, I think it's um, – you know, it's 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 uh, it's new and it's unique because when was the last time a team didn't have a center or even like someone that you might call yes. a center? Yeah. And, you know, because the small ball thing is thrown into games sometimes, but it's not a – it's but not an identity PJ usually. P.J. Tucker is their number five right now. And he's a guy – you know, he does a nice job. Yes, but he's six foot five. But, you know, he – I mean – Frankly, he does really well against Rudy Gobert. He does. But so, every night, I don't know about that. So It will be interesting. All right, other trades that went down. Yeah, like you said, we're going to get a close-up look tomorrow because it's Jazz Rockets tomorrow. Is 4 o'clock tip-off time? Uh, 5 o'clock tip, 4 okay. o'clock pregame. 4 o'clock pregame here on The Zone. So make sure you tune in for that. All right, Adrian, other trades that went down. You mentioned the fact that Andre Iguodala has been sitting out this entire season, has been awaiting a trade to get out of Memphis, refused to play for the Grizzlies, and now gets his wish, and he's going to play for the Miami Heat. He got a $30 million contract extension out of it. So his gamble apparently has paid off. Yeah, and uh, I'll be interested to see if he makes it to that second year. It will be, yes. Because it's team option. Correct. Right? So, But, you know, shrewd, I would call it, pickup by the Miami Heat. They tried to... Um, you know, they they went for Gallinari as well. Correct. It didn't work out. and uh, But uh, they're a good team. They're really trying to win the Eastern Conference. I don't know if they'll be able to, but they I would guess that they won't be able to. But, hey, if you get a home court advantage and you're in Miami, like, that's pretty good because Miami nightlife can be a – that can be hard for other teams to ignore. So, yeah. And you, I, I like their team. I don't know. I totally disagree with Iguodala's strategy, but – the players have all the power. But Justice Winslow, mm-hmm. sometimes all, he has been a guy who's kind of been disappointment, I would say. Well, he's had an injury Because of concerns. his hype, yeah. yeah. And, you know, sometimes really all it takes is going to a second team. Yeah. You look at guys all around the NBA, you know. Fresh start. Sabonis and Oladipo. I mean, mm-hmm. Oladipo was on his third team, and all of a sudden he blossomed. Two yep. teams thought he wasn't good enough, and now he might be one of the best players in the NBA. So, uh, it's a bonus that nobody wanted him, and then he ends up being an all-star. So yeah. you never know. A lot of times you see it. The second team might help you. Yeah, uh, Jay Crowder, former Jazz man, is in that deal. He's going to Miami alongside Iguodala. Uh, I, I'm interested to see what Miami can do here. And I actually kind of respect what Miami has done because they wield and deal, and credit to Pat Riley. He sees a potential for his team to make a run here. He understands his team is not necessarily building for the future at this point. Right. He pushed his chips in, and they're, they're going to see what they can do. Well, and, you know, they're going to have some money. They are. Going into next year to be able to maybe get another max guy to play with Jimmy Butler. So, and, you know, they've 
Glenn Robinson, who knows if he will end up being good. That would, be but he's had a good year. Correct. Sounds like you know, and Anthony Heron is is it Anthony, right? Yes. He has turned out to be a great pick in the yeah, draft. Been, great rookie yeah. player. Uh, Drogic is near the end of his career, but he's coming off the bench well, doing nice things. Kendrick and, Nunn has been a revelation. In his uh, you own got right. Bam Adebayo, yeah. Adebayo, who <laughs> dunked through the entire city of Sacramento last night. <laughs> he did. You know, and he's on a he's on a young deal. So Jake, they've kind of got the buildings of. Cheap contracts, mm-hmm. similar to what the Jazz have. Their stars are, you know, Donovan's still on a cheap contract. They've yeah. got a couple guys. And they've got a max guy in Jimmy Butler, possible bringing another guy before all of that explodes into got to pay guys, and maybe they make a run for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, one other, well, two other deals I wanted to mention here. Los Angeles Clippers uh, making a few different deals here, but the biggest thing I think they outduel the Los Angeles Lakers and acquire Marcus Morris from the New York Knicks. I like that pickup for the Clippers. I think it makes them infinitely more dangerous. It's very much a move. I felt like that they're gearing up to defend the Lakers come playoff time. Yep. And I am interested to see how Morris fits in, but I think it's a good pickup for the Clippers here. It, who's, who do you think is better, the Clippers or the Lakers? Right now as constituted, I would say the Clippers. Yeah, I, I think so too. At full strength. Yeah. We, we've seen what the Clippers are doing. They're just biding their time till the playoffs. We've, we've And yet it's working. It's yeah. working, yeah. You're right. It, it, but Unfortunately, it, that's the thing. I wanted it to kind of blow up in their face, you know, yeah. like that. The Yes, it worked for Kawhi last year, but I was kind of hoping it wouldn't work. The New York Knicks obviously hitting the reset button once again here. I have no faith in New York. They'll screw it up again somehow. Obviously. That's yeah. just how they go about things. And then one other trade I wanted to mention here, Golden State and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, when D'Angelo uh, Russell was signed in that sign and trade with uh, with the New York with the Brooklyn Nets, for the whole deal with Kevin Durant, we all were waiting. Okay, how long is Golden State yeah, hold on? To I him? didn't think he would last till the trade deadline. He wasn't, and yep. obviously makes the deal. Andrew Wiggins traded for D'Angelo Russell. I actually think this deal to me fits for both sides. Yeah, maybe I don't. It's, it's I a, don't know if I really trust Wiggins to change who he is. But well, but if but he's being, your third or fourth guy on a right. team, and maybe being put into a culture because if you start playing Wiggins ball, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are going to talk to you. Most old Draymond Green. Most old Draymond Green. <laughs> He'll and let you, uh, know. you know, D'Angelo Russell, he's a guy. I really like him as a player. I I think he's got a lot of people split, but yes. I really like him as a player. It sounds like, you know. You know, this move was obviously made by the Wolves to try to keep Carl Anthony Townsend. You're, you're appeasing Big Cat, yeah. Yeah, pardon the pun, but you're trying to keep Townsend town. Yeah. And uh, D'Angelo's a good friend of his, and mm-hmm. so they get to play together. I like Russell, and he obviously wasn't in uh, – Steve Kerr said he wasn't really a fit. Yeah. But I think everyone kind of knew what the plan was. And We all saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, and so – if he's happy to go where he's going, the Wolves are a completely different team now. Mm-hmm. If you saw their press conference, there's like 100 new guys up there. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they, they can turn things around. They've lost uh, 13 straight, so maybe they win a game. Well, and Carl Anthony Towns, I, I heard this actually today. He's played 17 games since uh, before Thanksgiving. Before the Minnesota, he missed a chunk of time with some injuries. He's lost all 17 games he's played with the Timberwolves since before Thanksgiving. Wow. Crazy, yeah, and uh, you know the jury's still out on him too. It he, is. He who knows if he's going to be uh, that is he a stat stuff or, or can he win games? Right, and so and I don't know if Ryan Saunders is you know the obviously the uh, he's the family is beloved in Minnesota, but Correct. is he the guy? So we'll see. There's a lot to work on. Yeah, so I thought that the NBA trade de- trade deadline saw a lot of different deals go down. Yeah. Do you 
feel more or less confident in the Jazz now after the trade deadline than you did before? Or you just? I honestly don't know if any of it really affects them. They okay. got to figure out how to play. I and see that they're and they're in fourth right now. They just flip flopped yeah. again with the Rockets uh-huh. last night. So of course tomorrow's huge because then you're looking at that fifth spot again. Correct. And then, um, but the I I don't know necessarily. It's gonna be really hard for them to get into that three seed. They could because mm-hmm. we did see them rip off eighteen in a row. But as you and I t- have talked about, that's that win streak was at the end of last season, yes. which is kind of how they propelled themselves. They don't have that luxury necessarily this year, so and they got a lot of work to do. They they haven't looked great. Well, and see, that's that was kind of my thought. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I just had a point. I uh-huh. I, I I dislike the line of thinking that the Jazz quote unquote stood pat at the trade deadline. Because that ignores the fact that they made their trade earlier in the season. I was going like, to say that. The if, Clarkson if, deal. If you waited until the Jordan, till now to get a Jordan Clark, the Jordan Clarkson deal done, mm-hmm. who knows if they're even like in the top five of of the West? They might be a team, especially with what he's given them. Correct. A team that is struggling to stay in the eight seed, yep. even. So yeah. like. I think that they they made their big trade earlier in the year, mm-hmm. so to me they they did make a move, quote unquote, at the trade. Oh, and see, and that's what kind of my point was: the, the Jazz, yeah, they didn't, they, yeah, they didn't make a trade at the deadline. But you have to give credit to the Jazz brain trust; they saw the, the issues earlier on the season and were proactive about it and didn't wait. They made that deal when yeah. they made it to fix things, and obviously it paid off because they made that big run here. Yeah, now, Adrian, I think that the biggest focus is the Jazz need to look inward. They have the NBA uh, All-Star break coming up here. They need to fix what is ailing them and get on a run here after the after they come back from this break. Right, don't limp to this finish line. Yeah, because that would just be a bad just, look. And especially how close the standings are. Mm-hmm. And you're only a couple of games up on like the seventh seed right now. Correct. So I, I don't think they're going to fall. I think five is the basement, in my yeah. opinion. Which would, would be kind of a disappointment. But, it would be absolutely. But I, I, I'm with you. I think it's this is more inward, less focus, worried about what other teams. Focus are. on yourselves. Figure out what's going on. And and I think that this break coming up for the Jazz, the All Star break, I almost feel like it's needed. Yep, needed some time. Time definitely off. for a lot of guys on that team. So. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back. Get to this guy sucks. Uh, talk about uh, not this guy sucks. That's from DJ and PK. Man, technical fouls. I am so much in DJ and PK mode today. I apologize. <laughs> We'll get the technical fouls next. This is the Saturday show right here on the Zone Sports Network. Let's go live. We talk jazz, utes, cougars, and Aggies, even on the weekend. The weekend. You're locked on to the Saturday show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. If you're coming from the street with dirty shoes on your feet, that's a technical foul. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's a technical foul. If you touch the thermostat, you'll get hit with a bat. Cause that's a technical foul. You will feel my wrath. That's a technical foul. Personal file, 69, office. He was giving them the business. A technical foul. Time for technical fouls here on the Saturday show where we uh, point out if you've done something dumb. Or if other people have done stupid things to you. Yes, and uh, we will like say a horrifically bad missed call in an NBA game, but we talked about that enough. Yeah, but it is one that goes on the list. It would go on the list. Those NBA officials, those three. On a normal day, yeah. Yeah, they. that was bad. That was just yeah. really bad. You can't miss that call. Yep. Sorry. 
Anyways. Uh, what, you want to kick us off here, Jake? Yeah, I'm going to start off. National Signing Day was this past Wednesday, and I don't know if you guys, how many people saw this story, but uh, the Travian Brown had an interesting signing day, to say the least, because he, a three-star prospect, announced Wednesday in front of cameras he'd be playing football at Ole Miss. So going to the SEC, he's from Shreveport, Louisiana. You're like, okay, good for this young man. Well, um, he found out afterwards that Ole Miss never actually sent him the paperwork to sign his national effort to play for the Rebels. So he was—he said that he was promised up and down from Ole Miss people that the paperwork was coming. He was even able to sign with the Rebels, all that different stuff. Never showed up. Ultimately signed with North Texas, the mean green out there in Denton, just north of Dallas. But... Pretty kind of funny that he says, I'm going to Ole Miss, and then all of a sudden his paperwork is in with North Texas. So I don't know who to blame in this regard, but kind of a sad situation all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's not good at all, Jake. And the funny thing is a lot of people, and I saw the initial reaction was, how dare this young man say that he's going to a school that didn't offer him a scholarship? It sounds like it was more on Ole Miss just saying, oh, we're going to make promises that we're ultimately not right. going to keep. Yeah. So, But it wouldn't be the first time you've heard of a kid saying he's going somewhere. We've seen that before. It, uh, and that's wasn't what, real. That's the original reaction was that this is another kid making up that he wanted to go play in the SEC, but he's only playing in the Sun Belt, uh, playing for North Texas. But let's put it this way, North Texas – that's a team that can win some games, it yep, looks like. for sure. Uh, here's one, Jake, okay. from the world of um, litigation Ooh. and uh, personally, personal injury okay. law. Um, ben Bardsley, okay. he's a 38-year-old bodybuilder from the city of Stockport, Greater Manchester. Okay. Over there in jolly, the old, Brit. jolly old England. Now, in 2015, Jake, um, he was having a pond installed in his backyard by a company. Okay. And uh, he was inspecting it, and he ran into the the digger thing and uh, fell, and he fell into the pond. Now, he sued the company by saying that um, it caused him to have a fear of heights and blah, 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 and so he needed compensation for the fact that he couldn't lift weights anymore, and he was now scared of heights because he fell in. Okay. Now, this guy, here's the technical file, Jake, not for the lawsuit, but Uh for the fact that on social media... He proceeded to, um, a, looks like a month or so ago, post a picture of himself on one of the world's highest water slides ah. and it, how excited he was to go down said water slide. And uh, so a judge tossed out the suit because clearly ah. you are not afraid of heights anymore. And this is why social media can be real bad for people. And then they started digging Jake, uh-huh. and he has since posted lots of pictures of him lifting weights so the he, sort and, all uh, of this was all made up, essentially. And so okay. now he has to pay uh, nearly $14,000 in legal fees. Okay. All right, I got one quick one before we go here. Okay, I got uh, one more as well. Yeah, so the Kansas City Chiefs obviously celebrated their Super Bowl championship, and congratulations to them, 50 years without a Super Bowl championship. But during the parade, I don't know sorry, if you saw Jake. this. Uh, I still yours? No, no, I'm saying sorry for oh, your Niners. Uh, that's okay. Anyway. But uh, during the Super Bowl parade, uh, Patrick Mahomes was throwing a pass to some fans who would ask him to throw a pass. Yeah, yeah. And you see a guy turn to go catch this pass and just square up with a parking meter and just go down in a heap. I don't know if you guys, did you see this video? Yes, I did. Right. And those things don't give an inch. No, no. This thing is, this is oh, cemented yeah, into, the, into the sidewalk. He goes down hard and Patrick Mahomes tweet out, yo, is the dude who hit the parking meter okay? <laughs> Fantastic. Technical foul on the guy for turnaround just taking a straight shot to that <laughs> parking meter. But the good news is 
sounds like all is well and he's actually okay after Did all. you see I, the video of the guy climbing the tree whose pants fell down? That was also pretty funny. I uh, I didn't have a technical foul, yeah. but then you mentioned the Chiefs parade. Uh-huh. Uh, my technical foul would go to Travis Kelsey. I don't know if you saw his Super Bowl speech. To party! But, 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 like, no, no, no. That that was the AFC Championship. But No, he did it at the Super Bowl, oh, too. Oh, he yeah. did yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but his brother very famously gave like one of the greatest. Jason Kelsey gave one of the greatest like pump up Super Correct. Bowl parade speeches ever. He did not. And Travis Kelsey just he tried, uh-huh. but he got way too drunk, way too fast, yeah. and uh, it, it was a it was a disaster. Yep. So technical foul on uh, Travis Kelsey for drinking at work. All you need <laughs> all you need to know is before that is when he said I've been I'm wearing more of the beers I've been trying to drink, which means uh, he's been missing his mouth a little. Uh, right. My last one, real quick, goes to Dylan Day of the Seattle Dragons. Dragons, okay. In the AFL, uh, they're doing this thing where they interview you coming off the field. You're, they, the, oh, you're talking about AFL, yeah, or the no, XFL, XFL, the come XFL. On. And um, first guy to be interviewed on the sideline dropped a hard f bomb. I did see that right away. First sideline interview. It's going to be an issue. This is, this is going to be interesting. How the XFL balances this because they want to have access for the fans. But let's be real. You got to tell your players. The language can be a little bit much on the field. I mean, last night we had our own problems with the walk-off Correct. interview on you the did. radio side. And, uh, uh, you know, we needed – we needed we'll, we'll leave the player unnamed. You can go back and find it. Yeah. Uh, we'll leave uh, unnamed that, you know, don't need to curse so much. It will be interesting because yeah. they want to have more access for fans, but it is going to come at the expense of ha- – do you have a dump button right. essentially you're sitting on all the time? Exactly. All right. Uh, coming up on the other side, you want to hear from Justin Zanuck? Let's go to Zanuck, yeah. Yeah, uh, general manager of the Utah Jazz, kind enough to join the big show yesterday. Now, it was before the game, so obviously some of the questions will have to do with that. But um, it's important information, I think, to hear anyway. And when he's on the station, we want to let you well, hear. Well, we want to about the trade deadline we yep. need to talk about. And, we want, and obviously when people from the Jazz organization jump on the station, we want to let you hear from them. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they're obviously Joe Ingles makes way every week, but it's great to have all these guys on the station as well. So I'll let you hear from that coming up next here on the Saturday show.